Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, how can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. Hey guys, I'm so excited to have a special guest on the Armor Truth podcast today. Uh, Karen Ellison is here with me, and she is the founder and president of Deeper Still. And I am so blessed to have her with uh, me today and for you all to hear her story. And I think um, we don't really realize that we have many walking wounded in our community. And so this is a time to really uh, sit down and hear Karen's heart uh, for her ministry and us working together in the community so people can be uh, healed and set free and really walk in, in total freedom. There's so much that's waiting on when we totally surrender to the Lord and just let Him work in and through our lives. So, Karen, um, I'm so glad to have you on with us today. Yeah, so thankful, Valerie. This is awesome, and this, our voices need to be out there. So thank you for doing this and making a way for many to hear what's on God's heart about all this. Yes. So I would love just to ask you a couple of questions. I know that you probably didn't start uh, of course, you're the founder and president of Deeper Still, but I know it didn't start there. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and how God worked in and through you to come to, as we know it, as Deeper Still? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, even just your um, your opening statements there, let me just say right at the front that if it was not for the God's um, pursuing me and his healing grace, his mercy, his, uh, again, his just pursuit of me, you would never hear from me today. Like, I, the deeper still would not exist. And I, because I would not have had a voice. I, you know, when the enemy robs from us, uh, he steals our voice. And that's what happens with, with the, uh, those who've had abortions. And um, not only is you robbed from the fruit of your womb, but it just robs you of so much, more than you can ever imagine. No one ever can calculate before they have an abortion what all you're going to be, the enemy's going to rob from you. And so even for everything that I share today or might ever share, I, I just want to say, like, I would not have a voice. Like, you would not be hearing one thing that the Lord has done or shown me or anything if it wasn't for his healing grace for me. And so I feel like that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, these abortion healing ministries, it's so vital that we are, you know, the Lord is raising these 
ministries up because um, abortion-wounded men and women, they are shut down. And they're either going to go one way or the other. They're either, well, they're either going to be silenced for the rest of their life, which is part of being robbed, or they're going to harden their heart and um, kind of shout their abortion in a, in a way of trying to justify it to themselves and to others. Or, or they're going to allow their broken heart to be healed and surrendered to, to the Savior, to the only one who can heal you, and allow a redeemed voice to be heard. And that's really my heart. That's really my testimony. And that's really what um, Deeper Seal is all about, is restoring not only your broken heart and all that that was, but to restore your voice of authority, your voice of influence, your voice for life, and your voice for healing in God's kingdom. So really, that's where, where what this is all about for me. Um, but, you know, I, I had an abortion when I was, uh, in uh, just kind of in my college years, and I really just turned 22, and I was a Christian at the time, and so was my boyfriend, and, you know, kind of the deception kind of bought into at the time was not about abortion, because we never thought we'd get pregnant, but uh, just that uh, we could somehow be spiritually married before God, even though we weren't uh, legally married in that way, so even that from the beginning was very much a deception. So, you, so, so there's compromise right there and just kind of giving into that kind of deception. But then out of that, I did become pregnant. And of course, we never talked about the possibility of that we would even get pregnant, let alone what would we do if that happened. And even though if you would have interviewed me at the time and I would have, I just started really having some grasp of what abortion was because in the evangelical church, it was not really talked about, um, except in the very early 80s when, when this was for me. So it's like the end of the 70s, the early 80s. Um, there were certain evangelical um, uh, voices that started to come out, and you might uh, have read stuff about Francis Schaeffer, who was one of the first ones, to come out and start to talk to the evangelical wider church about, um, you know, what abortion is. And, but that was still in the very beginning stages. So, um, but you know, even though in my heart of hearts, I, be, I believe that abortion was a, I mean, I believe that pregnancy meant you were pregnant with a baby. So it wasn't like I thought it was a blob of tissue or something like that. But, um, and I did believe that, uh, well, that would be wrong. It would be wrong, be wrong to stop a life like that, that God ordained if he can. But like in my situation, which I believe is the story of many, the, the fear of people knowing the pride of life that you're a Christian and how could you, how could this happen and how could you compromise God's standard um, in terms of sexually to begin with. And then now it's almost like then there's this pressure for a cover up. And with a cup, and when you do that, then you, you shut your emotions down and you just begin to justify and rationalize in your mind. And then and then I think for me personally, I, I for me it was like almost like a bigger obstacle to face the fear of rejection or abandonment from my boyfriend than it was to courageously defend the life of the child, or I believe I believe now that I was actually pregnant with twins um, mm -hmm. in my womb. So, you know, that pressure felt bigger. And so after my abortion, um, even though I was brokenhearted about it, but I was also numb about it. 
but I, you know, I'd asked the Lord for forgiveness a ton of times. Um, and it wasn't that I ever felt like the Lord won't forgive me, but I felt like the call in my life was, I forfeited it, that, um, that I just needed to kind of go into the background, kind of be quiet, kind of behave myself, not cause trouble, and just try to live, you know, try to live a life that pleasing to the Lord, but not really feel like I didn't make an impact. And so it so out of that, I, I really lost my voice. I lost my sense of authority. I lost my sense of that I could make any kind of difference in this world. And I was the and the enemy was blackmailing me to say, if you start talking about this, if you start talking about what happened and what abortion is, then you're gonna be a hypocrite. So that just adds to your list of condemnation. Mm. And it wasn't until I was able to, um, through a series of events and people and influences, that I was able to begin that deception, begin to clear, and I was able to rise up and begin to cry out for God's grace and mercy and that he would restore my voice and that I could really stand for um, his kingdom and for his, and defend the life of the unborn and to uh, begin to be a voice for healing and compassionate for the millions upon millions upon millions of men and women who live in the wake of those abortions. Wow. That's so powerful. And I love how you said, you know, restore your voice because the enemy is so sneaky and he wants to keep us silent. And I think of, and you can speak to this for, for sure, just, you know, as we go and get the opportunity to share uh, about, you know, because we can no longer stay silent because God wants uh, people to know what he's done in and through us but the people that are sitting all across our community and well in fact our nation that feel like they can't speak uh, especially in our churches and I think so many don't realize how many uh, are hurting in our churches and I always think about if they truly, you know, rise above all those voices that they're hearing of, you know, what are people going to think of you? You can't talk about that. Or what kind of revival would take place in our nation when we're no longer bound by the sins of our past? Yeah, that's exactly right, Valerie. You know, first of all, we all need to be reminded that Revelations 12 tells us that we overcome the accuser by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And, and, you know, we need to get, that needs to be taught. That needs, that scripture, that truth needs to be brought to the forefront. It's like whatever it is that you are laboring under, whatever your shame is, whatever your violation that either was committed to you or you committed, you know, our, our solution is the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's the one that overcomes the accuser. And it's the accuser that keeps people in shame. So we keep bowing down to the uh, the accuser rather than bowing down to the one that can um, deliver us from the accuser. And so, you know, I have this such a burden for the, the body of Christ, for the church of Jesus Christ. One of the reasons why I wrote my book, I wanted to not only write uh, something to bring relief to the abortion wounded, but I wanted to call the church to the forefront and say, you have got, we have got to lock arms on this. And, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, different times when I've like shared at churches or they ask you to come in and share. 
It's so interesting. People's response in the congregation, I, I can tell a lot, their response, whatever, I can tell a lot of what the culture of the church is. So if there's a, what I call the culture of healing, like not only do we need as a church to champion what we've all come to call the culture of life, thankfully, hallelujah, we also need to uh, champion what I'm going to call a culture of healing. And if you go into a church and you speak about abortion, or even if I share my testimony or whatever, um, I can tell if there's a culture of healing that has been developed in this church. Because churches where that hasn't really been developed, um, people tend to run from me. Because they don't want to face it, they don't want to deal with it, they don't want to be associated, they don't even be seen talking to me. Because then they think that people out there are going to watch them. It's like, well, if you, keep, if you will not talk to her, then that means you're probably guilty of the same thing. So people kind of run from me. But if it's a if it's a church that has developed a culture of healing, a culture of life and culture of healing, they run to you. They run to you for prayer. <laughs> because they're because they want uh, that there's been a pathway, there's been a culture created in that church that says this is a safe place to bring the, the hidden things to light, and we're not gonna let shame rule in this church, and we're not gonna be prideful and and, and look at the uh, logs in each other's eyes when we have all these logs in our own eyes. You know, when that kind of culture has been developed, then you open the door as, as church leadership. You open the door for your uh, people to be set free. And if you don't have that culture, you just reinforce their bondage. And I, I, know, that's, uh, I know that's some pretty strong language I just used, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And until we as church and ministry leaders, church leaders, until we really want to get authentic and deal with, really deal with things up front and not try to be all hidden about it, uh, we're never going to be free and we're never going to conquer abortion in this nation. Right. And I, that culture of healing, I love that because, you know, have having and establishing that culture of life, you're right, you have to have that culture of healing too. And I, I think of, of course, this day and as we move into the weekend and it's, Mother's Day, you know, and so many, this is an opportunity for our church leaders and people in our congregations to look around to see that uh, and notice people that aren't there uh, to be, because that's a really a, can be a, a painful day for many and just bringing up what they've done in their past. And, uh, but um, I'm praying that through sharing this story and it coming out this weekend on the podcast that people will know that there is hope and help out there. And I know you mentioned your book. I would love for you to share of, you know, the title and where people can get that and what would they expect from reading that? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. Yeah, I, I, I wrote a book came out in um, the beginning of 2019 and it's called Healing the Hurt That Won't Heal. And the subtitle is Freedom for the Abortion Wounded and Help for the Church They Fear. Because we do fear the church. Um, you know, if you have shame and you're laboring under um, just blood on your hands, there's, you know, the church is where we need to run to, not run from. And so I really try to create a bridge between when I say the pulpit and the pew. We need a bridge uh, to bring us together and not separate us. And you know, since you mentioned Mother's Day, um, I actually have a chapter in my book about Mother's Day and Father's Day. And you know, I think for all of us that are abortion wounded, 
um, you know, Mother's Day, when I was growing up, it used to be a, 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 like a fun day to kind of honor your mom or mothers or, I mean, it, it just always felt like that's a good thing. You know, it's a good and honoring thing. And same with Father's Day. But once, once, after I had became an adult, once after I had an abortion, you know, Mother's Day just automatically became uncomfortable. It became like, I have something to hide now. I have something to be ashamed of. I have not been an honorable mother. Or for a man, I have not been an honorable father. Even though you don't even know what that meant means, really, and you don't know how to even talk about it or embrace it. But it's like, so then when Mother's Day comes or Father's Day comes, you want to shrink back. It's kind of like Sunday thing Life Sunday. You want to miss that Sunday. It's like you want to shrink back because you don't feel worthy of your own sense of mothering. And then, it, and it becomes about us and them. It becomes about those who are worthy of being um, called a mother and those who are unworthy about being called a mother. So even in my book, I try to always do some creative ways of like, how can we treat that differently in our churches? How could churches not... Um, like I think nowadays, just nowadays in a lot of churches, just like on Sanctuary Life Sunday, it's almost like if you're in the pew and you're and you're under that shame or that guilt or that condemnation or whatever, you just want to hurry up and make the announcement. Just make the announcement, hand off the roses or whatever it is you're going to do, and then let's get on with it. Like you don't want to linger there. You don't really want the whole sermon to be about it. It's something you're trying to. It, it triggers you. It reminds you of what who you're not or what you've done. And it's like, we've got to do better than that. You know, we as church leaders, let's take the broader view of what is mothering? What is mothering? What is fathering? What did God call call us to do in that? And how can we uh, both not only cleanse us from our regrets, whether that's regrets of how you, you know, when you parent your living children, or whether it's regrets of the children that you aborted. But, but let's, as a church, let's find a way to re- um, to talk about what that really means that God does, cleanse us from wherever the condemnation is, and then let's get back to celebrating how God created the nuclear family and how can we honor that and redeem that and regain that so it's something we can all enter into and not be, you know, us and them. Yes, that's good. So where can they find your book? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So if you go to our website, that's probably the quickest way. If you go to our website, which is simply um, uh, go deep, uh, godeeperstill.org, no, org, And it's, I think it's even right on the front page. You, if you scroll down, you can click on it, and you can order it right from there. But you can also order it from um, Amazon as well. And on Amazon, they have a uh, ebook version of that as well um but yeah yeah so I, I i think you have much more time to explain things or explore things in a book so um yeah if you're laboring under abortion if you've had an abortion abortion needed or even if you're a loved one of someone who's had an abortion i i believe this can give real insight for you as well as if you're a pastor or a ministry leader uh, you have got to hear the voice of those of us who now have our voice back to give you revelation and understanding of who's sitting in your pew. And one of the phrases I like to say is, even if abortion is not your story, it's the story of someone you love. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. And I also love that even 
well, your story and then finding deeper still and then just being able to walk through so many. It's just not here locally in Knoxville. It's really all over the globe. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the Lord just opens doors uh, that you, you don't even imagine. And so, like, probably anyone that starts something, I never pictured what, I never knew, understood the breadth of the depth or whatever that the Lord might take us. I was just trying to be faithful to do one thing in my community, you know, is that kind of a thing. And I thought that maybe even if that's as far as it ever goes, that'll be fine, you know. But really, the Lord had plans beyond that. And now that we live in this world where everything is really kind of global or there's there's a way to reach the world uh, with technology, you know, they're, they're, we just live in a different world now. And there's the information highway is, can, can really be a good thing when, when the Lord is expanding his kingdom. But, yeah, we... Um, so even though our, our home office is here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and this is kind of our, where we have uh, several retreats a year, uh, but we also, uh, our mission though really is to multiply our efforts. So not everyone can come to Knoxville, Tennessee to receive a healing, you know, that's for sure. So we, um, our cast is getting out there and we, I believe we have about 23 or 24 uh, deeper still chapters right now. In, in different parts of the United States, and they're all in different levels of development, but they are on board as chapters, and they're developing uh, to have their own retreats. And so, you know, our hope and goal is that we could be in every state, um, you know, as, as, as the network grows. But in addition to that, the Lord has opened up doors for us uh, among the Chinese. Um, and so we have um, some chapters, some teams, some ministry teams that we have helped get developed in China, and in, um, and we're working with the group in Taiwan, and also just with uh, American Chinese here that uh, that maybe Chinese is their native language, and they would, you know, it's just maybe easier to connect with your native language. Uh, we have, we are developing um, some Chinese, U.S. US Chinese chapters as well, so it's been exciting to see the Lord, you know, he wants to reach out to every tongue and every tribe, and and certainly this is a worldwide, um, this is a worldwide uh, uh, devastation. Uh, abortion is in the shedding of innocent blood and uh, for every tongue and tribe. So we, we just gonna, we're gonna move forward as the Lord opens those doors and I don't know where all will end up, but um, I know that that's at least where he's got us started here. So we're blessed to, to just take this journey with him. That's amazing how he just continues to multiply beyond our imagination. I love that, of course, our team, since I've been at our Pregnancy Resource Center over the years, has, has gone and done the trainings and equipped so we can offer that in our center, Abortion Recovery. But I would love for you to just uh, briefly share, I know you all do amazing retreats and just the people that have been there that we know, I mean, it's like just totally removing the scales from their eyes. And it's almost like they just see life in a new way. And I would love for you to share, I guess, driving up that beautiful hill on the mountain, what people experience, men and women, when they go to a deeper still retreat and how, if they're, you know, waiting, maybe someone that has walked through an abortion and this podcast is like, this is for me. Like I need healing and, and restoration. Uh, what would this retreat look like for a person like that? 
Yes, thank, thank you, Valerie. That's a really good question. So, you know, one of the things I love about God and love about his kingdom is that it's, it's really simple. It, it's not complex. It's like it's profound and it's deep, but it's not complex. And so really what we've tried to do is just lead the people, just lead people through. And I, you know, this exactly my testimony too. I mean, the Lord did all these things for me. It's like, let's just lead you through uh, the very simple uh, spiritual principles and the simple but profound gospel that, that Jesus has laid out for the church for all these, you know, all these years. And so even though we fashion it in a way that's unique to uh, abortion wounded hearts, but I'll, I'll just try to walk you through it, just a summary of, of it. So first of all, um, you know, probably the thing, the feedback, if I could give you one feedback statement that people say more than any other statement <laughs> uh, when they come out of our retreat, it's simply, I've never experienced the love of God like I experienced this weekend. Now, just think about that. Like, the love of God, we know that love covers a multitude of sins, right? And it's just that people, they don't, they fear God in, in like all the wrong ways. I mean, there's a, there's a good way to fear the Lord, which of course our nation has lost. But it's like people fear God's judgment and that's what they expect. They don't really expect the love of God. And so when they come into an environment where it's really the love of God is the predominant thing they're going to experience. And, and, and so everything else we do is kind of under that umbrella. So that's the one thing. So we're very intentional about inviting God's presence and just having a, a, an atmosphere that is really full of God's presence and his joy and his grace and his mercy and, and all that. So I think that's really the, the hugest thing that I could, could tell you. But one of the things that we, one of the exercises that we go through is we give people an opportunity to tell their story. And, you know, the Bible teaches that if we bring the hidden things to the light, you know, we confess our sins one to another, pray for one another that we'll be healed. If we bring our sins to the light, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of that. So we give people the opportunity to tell their story. And so many people that, their abortion story, you know, and so many people that come to us, they've never told anybody, like nobody, not even their spouses. And so when you have, when you have been locked up and you have lived this hidden life and you have this big giant secret to keep, you are bound up. And it is going to affect you emotionally. It's going to affect you physically. We have people that have, like, well, there's a lady, I'm just one lady, at least in particular, I'm thinking of. When she went through this retreat, she was, like, instantly healed of fibromyalgia. Mm. Because her, her, her sin that she had just kept so hidden, so internalized it for, you know, for so long and tried to defend it and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't until she finally was able to just surrender it, bring it to the light, and, and do all the forgiveness that she needs to do and all that. But the Lord, like she was, she was released from that physical bondage that, you know, that was plaguing her. But anyway, so so there's that. You, you bring in things into life. And then we have a time of just saying, what can atone for your sin? Because so many, the way that we do it naturally, if we don't know God or his word, is we try to self-atone. We try to do all these things to make up for it. We try to be a better person. We try to be a better mom, a better dad. Or we try to do all these, what we think are good works that, that's going to outweigh our bad works, you know? And, and it, it just keeps them bondage. There's no freedom in that. It, or there's might be self-righteousness in it, but there's no freedom in it. 
And so we even just take people through the basics. Who was Jesus and what did he actually do? And what what did that cross and that blood mean? Like I remember a participant one time where we were going through that session where we were teaching that and she says, I don't understand what is this man on the cross that has all this blood on him? Like she didn't even understand what that was all about. And so, you know, we just started with the basics with people. And then we give them an opportunity to, to pray a prayer of repentance and renounce the, the hidden things that they've done and, and the, uh, the, the bloodshed and all that and just receive that Jesus' blood covered that. And we just take you through it and so that you are doing it with a community. You're not just out there in the woods some by yourself trying to make this happen. But we, we're taking your hand. We're taking your hand. Or you're, or we're locking arms with you, and we're going to the throne of grace with you. Like, you don't have to go by yourself. We're going right with you until you feel like you really know the Savior and you feel comfortable and safe in his presence. And then another aspect of it, when you get released of that kind of guilt and shame, then you're ready to actually look at what you lost. Like, what did I really lose? And you really come to the, to the uh, acknowledgement that this is, my, this is my child. These are my children. And you begin to understand the depth of the loss. And, and there's a grieving that's, that's going to be part of your healing. But it's not a grieving under the, under the umbrella of condemnation. It's a grieving now that you have been freed of that condemnation. You're no longer accountable for the, for the blood guilt because you surrendered that to Jesus and he took it. So now you can legitimately look at your grief from a pure, just a sadness of what your loss was. But you're not in it alone. The body of Christ is there to comfort you because the God of all comfort allows us to comfort others and the comfort we can comfort you. And the Holy Spirit comforts you and that begins to heal your heart. And so that's just a beautiful thing. And and when you have an abortion, your mothers, whether you're the woman, the mom who had the abortion or the father of those children, your mother's heart and father's heart is damaged. So we pray a prayer to restore and reclaim your mother's heart and your father's heart for the children that you're going to mother or father in this world like you still have a destiny to mother and father in this world and so you don't want to be a crippled mother or father so we pray into all that and then we also take time to and this is one of the most profound parts of the weekend as well we you know you didn't have your abortion in a vacuum so to speak there was there's usually spiritual sin that led up to maybe getting pregnant in the first place or um you gave into fears or whatever you gave into. And so we really take time to help release you and pray prayers of repentance and renunciation from the sexual sin that maybe you were involved in or that was um, put upon you, the way that you were victimized and all that. We just break those bondages and those unholy bonds we call them unholy soul ties, the bonds that you have with people that keep you in bondage. Because, you know, Valerie, I'm sure you know that about in America, about 50% of the abortions that happen are repeat abortions. And so you wonder, why is it that people keep falling back into that? Why repeat that pattern that was so destructive for you? And so we want to help you identify some of those things that helped made you vulnerable. Like, why was I vulnerable to this pattern? And to break those things off and just allow the blood of Jesus to heal up your heart so that you are you're walking in good boundaries, good healthy boundaries. And in, in godly relationships and so forth. So we spend time, you know, working and all that. And, and then um, we spend time in just thanking the Lord and worshiping Him for what He's done for us and celebrating celebrating the, the gift of freedom, 
you know, so we spend a lot of time just worshiping God for that. And then uh, the last uh, thing we do is we do a, um, a memorial service. And it's for our children. It's the most beautiful memorial service I've ever been a part of. It's just so beautiful, not only to honor the children uh, that, that were lost, but also to really do a profound spiritual exchange for the mothers and fathers of those children so that they know who they are in Christ, that they are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and that they can walk in a new destiny and they don't have, they can set their face like flint and they don't have to look back and regret the past. And so we, that's where we wrap up our uh, retreat with that. And then we try to help them um, have ways of connecting with the community from there on so, so that they don't just have a mountaintop experience and go home, but they really can integrate into uh, a community that can, they can really walk their healing out and um, and just continue in walking in victory in life. That's that's powerful, and I know that you do these at no cost, correct? Right. The retreats are free of charge, so we just ask people if you can just get yourself there. Um, you, you don't have. There's no fee for the retreats, and that's why you know again that's one of the ways the body of Christ can rally around it because you know we have to raise funds for that. Um, when you you know, you have to, when you give things away as a gift, you need you need gifts to undergird it. And so that's why we, we do some fundraising every year and ask churches to join us and support us. And you can either un- even underwrite uh, like a scholarship for a participant for a retreat. So, so yeah, it is free of charge because, you know, one of the convictions the Lord gave me early on is that my grace is free. Like, you can't buy my grace. You can't buy my healing. And people will so avoid getting healed that they think they have to uh, invest in financially. They feel like it's it's a waste of money or it's it's, it's frivolous. It feels like ah, I I shouldn't spend money on that, you know, kind of thing. So it's like the Lord was said to us: so take away their excuses, <laughs> take away the obstacles, the excuses, so that, that I'm just inviting them to come to my throne of grace. And it's, so it's hard to refuse that. Yeah, definitely. So what is, so somebody may be, you know, listening right now and they have not had an abortion, but their heart breaks for the reality of, you know, the world that we live in and they want to be a part of this kingdom work that you're doing. How, uh, what is your, what is Deeper Still's biggest need and how can they support you all? Yeah, that's really good. Well, you know, our, like I said earlier, our at the home office here, like our core mission of our organization is to multiply ourselves. And so we have um, people, a lot, a lot of our chapter leaders are people who come to our retreat and then they have felt the call of God to start a chapter themselves in their city, wherever they live. But we also have, uh, we also, our staff and everything is, we're here to support them so that they can get this thing off the ground and, and get it, you know, get it multiplied, get it going. And so, so we always have financial needs. We have, st- we have staff, we have travel that we do, we have, um, and especially when you think about going to foreign countries like Asia or whatever, all that has to be undergirded. Uh, so that so certainly financially it's, it's huge for uh, people to support us. But also if you want to be on our prayer team, we have something called an e-team, it's an email prayer team. We need prayer warriors, like we need intercessors more than anything. And so if you want to be on our prayer team, um, it's through email. We send you the emails of our prayer requests. Uh, that's huge. If you feel like you want to be involved, like you would really like to be on a ministry team, then we have a training that, that you go through and um, to teach you how to be 
uh, you know, the way that we train people to be on the ministry team. So some people come to our trainings just because of that. And again, a lot of people feel drawn to us because they, even if they didn't have an abortion, someone they loved passed. And it just gives you a heart of, of further compassion and grace to know how you can be, um, even if you're in a casual conversation with uh, someone, a friend or relative, you never know when that when the Lord might have that conversation turn into uh, something about abortion. And so the, so just so you're further equipped to have the language to know how to even talk with a loved one who's had an abortion. So all those ways people get involved with us so that they can be uh, a, a voice for life and truth and grace and healing. That's so good. And such a, a powerful, packed podcast today. And I, and I just want to thank you so much for your time, just being on here and pouring out your heart. And I would just love to um, close and just pray over you. And, uh, of course, people can, uh, will be able to, at the end of the podcast, we'll have a little clip on where you can go uh, to get the show notes and, of course, the things that Karen has mentioned, how you can connect. But I would just love to end it by just praying over you. And, uh, yes. I love that, Valerie. That'd right. be awesome. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity, the connections that you um, provide, and just um, Karen and her ministry and and birthing that from pain, but you have given her purpose and you have surrounded her with incredible team and just multiplying the efforts so deeper still. And I just pray that you continue that. I just pray blessings over her as she continues to share and those that are, are desperately searching for healing that more people would be able to be pulled from the chains that the enemy is trying to keep them bound in and more people in our community will be set free from their abortion wounded hearts I pray over her and her husband and her family and her team as they continue to pour out their heart uh, to those that are wounded the men and women in our communities and all around the globe. I just pray that their eyes will start being opened and that there will be a great revival take place and people will be set free and be able to walk in that true freedom and know what it's like uh, for you to just love us. And I just thank you for this time. And I pray that uh, just through this time that we've had together, that if it even touches one person, Lord, it's just, it's meant to be. Uh, and I pray that as they have events and things and they're raising funds, that you will raise up people that have a heart uh, to support uh, Deeper Steel and help them continue to multiply their efforts in here in our community and around the globe. We just love you so much, and we are so thankful uh, for your hand upon us and that you continue to guide uh, Karen and direct her, give her strength uh, and rest when she's weary, and just to continue to walk in what you have for her and continue to help her lead and raise up other leaders that desire uh, to bring healing uh, to our nation and connect them with you. Uh, we just love you so much and so thankful for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, thank you, Valerie. That's beautiful.
Thank you for listening to Armor Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. You can learn about being a volunteer, be a monthly partner. $30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.